All right, John, seriously, no more funny business here. Oh, okay. All right, this is all serious business now. In, in the interest of full disclosure, you're really the driver of the schedule. Like, you really want to, you really drive the choices that we make in terms of these movies. Indeed. I, I'm, I'm, in many ways, a helping hand behind the scenes. I'm, I'm kind of like a, 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 a noble benefactor. That's what I am. I'm like, like Jim a, Taylor. Like a Jim Taylor? Yeah. 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 I, I have a political machine that works really well, really efficiently. Jim, Ta- Jim Taylor. John, who's Jim Taylor? <laughs> well, you wouldn't know it from me telling you this. But he is a folk singer who sang okay. many, many good hits. Like okay. when you're is he an Oscar winning screenwriter? And trouble. Who frequently. No, that's another guy. That's Nate. That's, that's Nat Faxon. Why did I think of that? <laughs> <laughs> Jim Rask, uh, Nat Faxon. Somehow that became Jim Taylor in my head. Whatever. Okay. Forget it. <laughs> no, Jim Taylor is running the political machine in the movie we watched this week Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Ranger, a squirrel chaser to the United States Senate? Listen, Jim, the simpleton of all times, a big-eyed patriot, knows Lincoln and Washington by heart, stands at attention in the governor's presence, even collects stray boys and cats. He does what? Joe, you know what I'm talking about. A perfect man, never in politics in his life, wouldn't know what it was all about in two years, let alone two months. And the important thing, and this was the genius of the stroke. Uh Uh-oh. It means votes. The hero of 50,000 boys and 100,000 parents. Just look over those congratulations that have been pouring in. I tell you, gentlemen, with this one statement... But you made this appointment without asking me. But, Jim, when the lightning struck... You didn't ask me. Oh, Jim. Now, wait a minute, Jim. Happy may have hit on something tremendous here. There, you see? Yeah, so back to my serious question, John. Okay. Do you just want to turn this into a political podcast? Look, look, no. All right, look, sometimes the gods gift you with the perfect movie for the perfect week. Because we did not God. ask. Gods, excuse me. Sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. I believe we're one nation under one single god. <laughs> I apologize. Okay, sorry. <laughs> yes, sometimes the great almighty god who created the greatest country on this earth yeah. sometimes bestows us with the perfect movie at the perfect time. Okay. Uh, th- sure, yeah. So <laughs> as, as we are recording this, the government, our beloved government, is in the midst of a shutdown. They cannot agree on a budget for... Uh, the next three days, the next year, who knows? So yes. if you thought you could get away from current events with our fun little podcast, wrong. Greg, people don't want to get away from current events. They oh, want... no, never. Why would they? Like, late night TV, it's all political now. Even That's Jimmy true. Kimball, he was trying to be like, no, this is going to be a break from it. And then his kid got sick, and then he's like, healthcare, we need to talk about this. <laughs> well, exactly. Well, yeah, I mean, just... Sometimes, you know, the, the fates that be, you know, just force these kind of situations on us. And that seems to be the circumstance here. Mm-hmm. And what better way to to talk about the government working so hard to pass a budget resolution, to watch a movie where the government works so hard to work? All right, guys, let's talk about, about a government that works for the people. Yes, the people, by the people, for the people, and that shall not perish from this earth. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I'm sorry. I just get a little teary-eyed every time I think about Honest Abe. <sighs> Sweet exactly. John, let's go to the... Liberty. Of the icing. Okay, in all honesty, though, this movie has a very dim view of America, let's be honest. <laughs> well, I mean, so you and I had never seen this before. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I'm actually shocked by that. You think it has a dim view of America. I actually think it, it, it's very optimistic and almost, almost naively so <laughs> of America. Because as everybody should know, the plot of 
Mr. Smith goes to Washington. We follow our titular uh, Jefferson Smith, played mm-hmm. by, of course, the uh, innately, you know, just in kind uh, Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> the innately decent, just Jimmy Stewart. Mm-hmm. And he goes to Washington, you know, with a with a small with small dreams, but obviously he gets like taken down by by graft and corruption and all this. But yet he persists anyway. Mm-hmm. In the face and, of all adversity, he stands up. Yeah. He accomplishes a filibuster to keep the mm-hmm. Senate from kicking him out for, under false pretenses, and he wins back the favor of the American people. Absolutely. So, the, yeah, obviously that's the that's the reputation the film has. Mm-hmm. John, upon your first viewing, do you, it doesn't sound like you think it lives up to that reputation. No. And <laughs> I think part of it is, like, all right, separating a good, you know, 80 years from when this movie originally came out. Obviously, mm-hmm. this is a movie that uh, pilots mostly in sensation and not maybe logic. <laughs> we'll get to that, yeah. <laughs> and... It it seems a little incongruous to talk about, you know, America, land of the free, home of the brave, and the challenges to democracy when we're following a hero who wasn't democratically appointed. <laughs> That's true. I mean, if you're talking about what this movie tries to entail about the, the purpose of American of American ideals, I, I was shocked by that too. This is this is an appointed senator. Mm-hmm. After after a senator dies, the governor appoints appoints Jimmy Stewart's Jefferson Smith. He's not democratically elected. And the only and yet, reason that they appoint him is because his uh, the governor's sons goat him into appointing him. In one of the most fantastical scenes I've ever seen committed to cinema, Lord of the Rings is less fanciful than this than this scene here. The well, governor, they're all, they're all sitting around the table he's got a million, like the Fellowship yeah, of the Rings. Yeah, the governor is uh, beleaguered. He's been surrounded by fifteen thousand different voices. He's just like I just want to have a nice meal with my family, and suddenly the most well-informed uh, tween boys. <laughs> says that you should appoint this guy because he's our scout troop, basically. (laughs) Yeah, so apparently the Boy Scouts did not give permission to use their name for this. So they're called the Boy Rangers. Yes. And it's basically just Uh, another little piece of trivia. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, there's that incongruity that he's not even... That he's not even uh, democratically appointed, but also people already put him in such high regard. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, suddenly they're like, oh, who's this new whiz kid that's been appointed? Like, people said the same thing about, I don't know, Luther Strange or <laughs> Tina Smith. Yeah. Um, go go Google them or whatever. You don't know who the hell I'm talking about. But yeah, like, again, like, I don't know why. Again, there's the incongruity of, like, again, we're going to hold this man in high regard, even though he's not even, he wasn't even voted on by the people. And he's not even also, introduced until, like, 15 minutes into the movie. Yeah, there's that, too. Um, and And then... So this movie really relies on the likability of Jimmy Stewart. Mm-hmm. And obviously the, they set this character up. He's not even just 15 minutes in, but his reputation precedes him. All the kids gush over him. You know? mm-hmm. Everybody's like, oh, what a shock. You know, let's, let's point all our cameras, or excuse me, our flashbulbs on, uh, <laughs> on this one candidate. And the very first minute, he can barely speak publicly. <laughs> he is such a pud in the early scenes. Yeah. And yes, that's that's necessary for, you know, that later on when he's giving this dramatic filibuster and suddenly, you know, he's very eloquent and, again, persistent. But yeah, we get yeah, that like, arc, for the like, first yeah. half. He is this movie should really be what it reminded me of it should be like a like a, a kids movie from the 90s it should be called kid senator with like uh, <laughs> without like the next macaulay culkin or something like that that's really what it should be again if you could ignore obviously this movie's you know thinks kids are well-informed voters so it could ignore the logic of a senator having to be 32 years old or something like that you know 
I mean, it could be Little Big League. It should be Little Big League. Didn't really. they already do that with the first kid? Uh, no, no, because he's not uh, John. I don't think he holds political office or something. That's more oh. of like a like a chase movie or something. Like, oh, the sheltered kid goes have fun, goes to have fun. This is more like Little Big League. Like, oh, okay. like what? A, a fourteen year old in this position of power? Because yeah, Jimmy Stewart is practically a fourteen year old. He doesn't know how a law works. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's kind of the point. They basically bring him to higher office so he can be a patsy. He'll basically just sign off on whatever they want him to sign off. The idea is that he's a useful idiot, not unlike yeah. a certain uh, president of the United States currently. Let's just say that. Yeah, um, Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter. <laughs> hey, how dare you? <laughs> he's building homes now. I know. Yeah, he survived that's, cancer. That's a joke. I know, I know. <laughs> anyway, um, so he's meant to be a useful idiot. And yeah. it kind of makes him hard to root for i find initially until you do kind of get the scenes where he's in washington and he's just bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and just like i'm gonna make a difference i'm gonna learn how to do everything uh you know and that money's at bill's house and phil's house and, you know <laughs> yeah that's the other thing i couldn't square is because this was kind of the nation's introduction to jimmy Stewart. this was his breakout role mm -hmm. and his first oscar nomination of five he would have five uh, across his career and so I'm sure, like looking for this for at the first time, like regarding this actor, you'd be like, "Oh, what a what a magnificent performance! How he progresses from a, a simpleton to a man passionate about the law and and upholding his reputation." Mm -hmm. um, but as you and I are coming in, knowing like having seen, you know, Jimmy Stewart and Rope, and it's a wonderful life, and just his range as an actor, this performance I don't think kind of speaks to his gifts. No, and I think that's the other problem is like when I think Jimmy Stewart, I think it's a wonderful life. Yeah, and also the movie "It's a Wonderful Life," and tail <laughs> jokes, um, and I couldn't wish, <laughs> and I couldn't quite separate. Like again, just looking at him and seeing how young he is in this movie, comparatively speaking, even though this movie is only separated by seven years, but mm -hmm. he probably smoked like a chimney. Um, like just seeing that, and like again, all I could picture is George Bailey, and like seeing him in this role again, giving that like aw shucks attitude. I just didn't buy it as much, and. Again, you know. like I think that's a problem we often run into with doing this podcast is just too much time has passed between us watching these movies. That's what's got to be in it. What? The Capitol Dome. On paper? I want to make that come to life for every boy in this land. Yes, and all light it up like that, too. You see, you see, boys forget what their country means by just reading the land of the free in history books. When they get to be men, they forget even more. Liberty is too precious a thing to be buried in books, Miss Saunders. Men should hold it up in front of them every single day of their lives and say, I'm free to think and to speak. My ancestors couldn't, I can. And my children will. Boys ought to grow up remembering that. And, and that, that steering committee or whatever it is, they've got to see it like that. And I know Senator Payne will do all he can to help me because He's a wonderful man, isn't he, Mrs. Saunders? You know, he knew my father very well. He did? Yeah. Yeah, we need a lot more like him. His kind of character, his ideals. Yeah, well, we're, we're savvy viewers, and John, this is what I really want to get into. <laughs> okay. We're, so far, uh, judging it, I find it kind of not on its subject matter, but on its technique and what exactly, you know, we, we really look pointedly at how a film achieves its effect and why it's regarded as a classic today. Mm-hmm. 
But I think for one of the few times, I actually want to get into the film's content. Okay. <laughs> and what it is trying to say. You think it has a dim view of the American of the of American government. Uh, not you just American it, government, American institutions in general. Which I so? guess kind okay. of makes it the perfect movie of the times. <laughs> I see. I, I disagree. I think it. I think it. It views it through Jimmy Stewart's lens. I think it really does achieve. Like it really does view the U.S. Senate as I think they call it like this respected floor, this important institution. You know. Mm. I think it really does view it like that. And in spite of graft and you know there is a, there is an overwhelmingly happy ending. We'll get to it, but. Mm. I think it really is like as naive as Jimmy Stewart's character is, and that's why people hold it in such high regard today. See, I think my problem with it is it it's not just obviously the plot centers around corrupt officials, but also it has a very dim view of the way the press operates. That also I was taken oh, aback yeah. by. Because again, this is the fourth estate. I thought if anyone was going to come out, you know, looking good in this movie, it might have been the press. But no, again, it's like it's like Donald Trump's idea. Your movie, yeah, movies are part of the media. Like, how <laughs> yeah, exactly. These, how and it's hold such a dim view of the media. <laughs> yeah, and it's like Fox News's version of the mainstream media. Like I expected Sarah Palin to come out. It's like, see, look how they make up stories and they, you know, twist your words with gotcha questions. Yeah, yeah. we should explain in the plot of. Again, Jimmy Stewart's character is supposed to be a useful idiot, but he his one legislative goal is to build a boys' camp in land that's supposed to be earmarked for a dam and a big development for this uh, robber baron named Jim Taylor. The, yeah, he runs up he runs up against and what basically Jim Taylor and his political machine, as they call it, this political apparatus, is basically swift boat him. They make up stories and you know try to force him out of office mm-hmm. and um, then try just like, to just like our beloved. <laughs> beloved uh, Judge Roy Moore. <laughs> yeah, and so, and he also, his political machine is so efficient, he's able to get these stories basically defaming poor Jefferson Smith and also quashing all attempts to kind of get the truth out there. I mean, for goodness sakes, he has like documents forged to make Jefferson Smith look like the most corrupt politician imaginable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, that's just the. Yeah, I. My impression of this movie is, again, I, I think it, this movie is as naive as Jefferson Smith is. I think it tries to hold, you know, the U.S. Senate in the high regard, not as the place where Preston Brooks um, beat Charles Sumner within an inch of his life mm-hmm. uh, because Charles Sumner held <laughs> the dangerous notion that people should not own other people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I wish, I wish it didn't approach that. It's, it's like that old uh, saying, like, you know, fiction is a lie in service of the truth. Mm-hmm. This movie feels like a lie in service of a lie. Oh. And that lie is that somehow, like, we should uphold the institution or the process. Mm-hmm. That, like, you know, like the filibuster. Like the, <laughs> speaking of the news member, they're actually happy that a senator is filibustering. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, again, depending on the party, you know, obviously some people think filibusters are courageous things when I think the last big filibuster was like Ted Cruz or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And sure. which I do appreciate about this movie is even though it is all about how Washington operates, it's very apolitical. No political party is ever mentioned. And we don't even know See, that's, what state it, like Jefferson Smith comes from. Turns no, out it's Montana, I, but they never mentioned yeah, it. No, and I actually hate the movie for that. Oh, really? Again, that's why I'm not... I, again, I, I'm going to judge a movie... I'm, I hate doing this when I'm literally going to judge a movie on its content, because <laughs> I, I, I mentioned, we mentioned Roy Moore for a very specific reason. Like, you can either believe that he, like Jefferson Smith, got railroaded on fake stories, mm-hmm. <laughs> or you could think, you know, 
Ted Cruz is being brave by literally like limiting the government's power <laughs> to actually, I don't know, help people. <laughs> So I'm like, no, again, it's like only by not mentioning, again, nobody's political affiliation is actually mentioned. Again, you can interpret him as, you know, again, like uh, you can interpret him as like a Barack Obama figure or a George Bush figure. Again, it's I think it's designed to play as to as big an audience as possible. Mm -hmm. But really, politics, it's not it's about ideas. It's not process, stupid. I guess that's true. (laughs) I mean, if you just regard process, that's how people get hurt. That's how we wind up at compromises that kick out, you know, every 800,000 DACA recipients. (laughs) Like, well, we followed the process. Okay. No, screw you. This is about ideas. All right. Wow. The movie's not courageous enough to do that. You were complaining this was coming into a podcast, and you're the one actually quoting real policy here okay this is true. so yes i know it, again i've 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 been ignited that's that's why i was mad at you <laughs> welcome to the resistance greg yeah <laughs> you lit the fire you lit this fire underneath me okay. i guess uh, but you know that's a really fair criticism is because again this movie is almost like a rorschach test and another kind of fun piece oh, yeah. of trivia about this movie is when it was initially screened for washington senators a lot of them walked out because again it shows a lot of senators being corrupt or kind mm-hmm. of not caring. But then also... Not caring about that or susceptible to corruption or... Exactly. Or things but like then that. this movie was banned in a lot of dictatorships because it shows democracy working. This yeah. movie can kind of say whatever really the viewer wants it to say. And that kind of makes it seem a little hollow when you think about it too much. <laughs> exactly. I Again, I, I'm criticizing it for the content. I don't want to do that. But yeah, it's... Because it is so broad and exaggerated, you can interpret it a million different ways. Mm-hmm. And the way I'm interpreting it is like, you're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong, movie. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> you're wrong. It's not, you know, again, we shouldn't hold these institutions in high regard. We shouldn't hold process in high regard. Again, it, we sh- our politics should be about ideals. Mm. But isn't and it- this movie doesn't really have, uh, again, its only ideal is like, I want to build a camp for boys. The ideal <laughs> is know? that the Boy Scouts of America... It's the only true great American institution. This is true. <laughs> oh, that in the U.S. Senate, I, I think. <laughs> I think, again, I genuinely think it does hold the, the U.S. Senate in high regard. I, I, don't ask me why. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, eventually the one corrupt senator does come around, but not till the very end. And also, he almost kills himself at the end. <laughs> yes. So, okay, let's. that leads me neatly into, okay, I criticize the movie for it, its subject matter. Or mm-hmm. its its stance on on issue. Now I want to now I want to critique the um, <laughs> the actual how it is about that. Uh, uh, not just what it's about, but how it is about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, yeah, one of the one of the huge demerits of this movie is also tone and pacing. <laughs> yes, um, I wanted to bring this up earlier when we were talking about the beginning. The very beginning of this movie is cut almost like a Michael Bay movie. It is just cut, 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 like needlessly so. And maybe I, I don't think it's needless. I mean, I I. I regard it as more exciting than, I mean, Frank Capra's a, a real filmmaker, and unlike other guys who would just, you know, stick the camera as wide as possible on a stage and just say, go, like print done, you know. Okay, yeah, but there's this one moment where they're riding the train into Washington, D.C., and uh, Jefferson Smith is sitting with his other uh, fellow senator, Senator Payne, and uh, they're talking, it's a, you know, it's a just straight shot of them two, and then it cuts to the same shot, just slightly closer. And then, yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you. Like, did you see that version? Because I think I saw a slightly truncated version. The one I saw was two hours four minutes, and I saw. Oh no, I watched the full version. One. Yeah, I noticed that when okay. we were when I was looking at all the versions. Like, there was a two hour four minute version. I watched the full two hour ten minute version. 
And okay. oh boy, yeah. you miss so much story if you do not watch that version, guys. <laughs> yeah, but there are, you're right, there are jump cuts. And I wanted to ask you about, is that a consequence of what I was watching or is that in the actual movie? No, nope, um, those jump cuts are really there. It is really that okay. quick. And again, it's, right. it's a very jump cut heavy movie. Like there's a lot of scenes where it's like, well, I don't know what to do. Cut to, oh, I don't know what to do. It's like, I it's do. very kind of needless in my mind. <laughs> Well, I think it is, yeah. It, it must be because of some production difficulty, like they had to reshoot it or something. Mm-hmm. And again, they could only they only had time to reshoot that section because, yeah, that's a rule in editing. You don't just make a, a pointless cut like that, you know. <laughs> There's little rules like, okay, change the angle at least like 30 degrees or something or, mm-hmm. you know, zoom in more if you are going to just cut straight to, you know, the same angle pretty much. So. Well, that's the thing. It would cut to literally the same angle. Yeah, so I think I think they that was a work. I don't think that was intentional, okay, probably on their right. part. <laughs> Again, like any editor worth his salt would never do that, <laughs> unless he had to because of circumstances. Let's say sloppy. I call it sloppy. It's sloppy. <laughs> we only care about results here at Aspiring Snobs. Thank you very much. Yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, speaking of sloppy, um, <laughs> let's talk about Mr. Smith's introduction to Hol- or Hollywood <laughs> introduction to Washington. <laughs> No, Jimmy Stewart had been in Hollywood long before this. Yes. <laughs> Introduction to Washington and how he's immediately seen as a rube by the press. Mm-hmm. And angered by this, John, what does Jefferson Smith do? <laughs> he punches all these <laughs> journalists <laughs> right in the face. <laughs> yes. <laughs> go, way to go, Mr. Stewart. <laughs> a true American hero. Solves yeah. problems with violence. <laughs> Hello, nosy. Who let you in here? Watch out chasing ambulance. That guy Smith's punching everybody he meets. I just got away from him. Oh, oh Tarzan! Meet Senator Smith. <laughs> you act like a man with something on your mind. Why don't you tell the people the truth for a change? Oh, the truth. The man wants the truth. The man wants the truth. What is the truth, suggesting pilot, and would not stay for an answer? How do you want it, Senator? Dished out or in a bottle? The people of this country pick up their papers and what do they read? Well, this morning they read that an incompetent clown had arrived in Washington. Parading like a member of the Senate. <laughs> <laughs> You thought as much about being honest as you do about being smart. Honest? Why, we're the only ones who can afford to be honest in what we tell the voters. We don't have to be re-elected like politicians. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Princess, we tell them when phonies or crackpots come here to make their laws. If it's the truth you want, what are you doing in the Senate? What do you know about laws or making laws or what the people need? I don't pretend to know. Then what are you doing in the Senate? What's he doing? Why, honorary appointments. <laughs> <laughs> when the country needs men up there who know and have courage as it never did before, he's just going to decorate a chair and get himself honored. Oh, but he votes, sure, just like his colleague tells him to. Yes, sir. Like a Christmas tiger. He'll nod his head and vote. Yes. <laughs> You're not a senator. You're an honorary stooge. You ought to be shown up. So, I, again, I don't know if it's supposed to be funny. I don't know if it's supposed to look down on Jefferson Smith in those moments. Mm-hmm. Again, like in terms of like this movie holding your hand and you know looking looking at its audience as, as naive and rubbish mm-hmm. as, uh, as Jefferson Smith is, I mean, I, I don't know what exactly... And, that's not the only scene where we see a, a, a complete, like, you know, flip over of tone and, you know, violence and seriousness because during the filibuster, mm-hmm. um, the press needs to get word out of what they're saying. And Jim Taylor's political machine obviously wants to see, wants to show him as, you know, being corrupt and selfish and holding up the Senate process. Mm-hmm. 
just to save his own hide and wasting state resources. Mm-hmm. Um, but he uses his own political machine, i.e. the Boy Rangers, <laughs> who I'm sure just wanted to hang out on their afternoon. Nope, they're going to go straight to the presses. they got to work, damn it. And we also see the kids like operating on barely any sleep. Like We see them nodding off, like implying that they've worked all night. <laughs> yeah, because they care about Jefferson Smith. Also, you know? he stole their money. I just, he said he's he, again. That was a, that was a fabrication from the from this political apparatus. All right, fair enough. I'm assuming. I'm assuming. Yeah. Hmm. Again, Jefferson Smith. Oh, can amazing, we really? Guy, can yeah. we really trust Jefferson Smith? What is Jefferson I Smith do. really like? <laughs> Paid for All by right, people so from this, Jim Taylor. <laughs> yes, I know. So you're you're playing Jim Taylor. I let's say you're in Jim Taylor's camp. I'm in the kids' camp. I want to say, hey, let's get our little boys, you know, Boy Rangers paper out there before Jim Taylor can get his big bad, you know, newspapers and radio reports out there. Mm-hmm. And they do. They succeed, John. But then what happens? <laughs> well, we see uh, Jim Taylor order basically his cronies <laughs> to destroy, steal, and run these kids off the road. Which honestly, yes. I laughed my ass off on that. <laughs> yes, it's it's. It's because you're defending you're you're watching a political machine literally attempt to murder children. <laughs> so you have no you have no choice but to laugh at it's, the absurdity. It's of that. A, it's a little broad, <laughs> little broad. Yeah, it's a little broad, yeah. And there's the, there's no consequence too. I think there's one it, one shot of a boy be like being bandaged up. But <laughs> well, also it's like I kind of appreciated that because it also adds a little ambiguity because at this point they're urging Jefferson to stop. Because it's like, look at how many people could potentially get hurt from what he's doing. Yeah, there's obviously political consequences, not just for him, but also for the people who are supporting him as well. So, I, okay. I thought that was kind of an interesting touch. I mean, granted, I think <laughs> running kids off the road and destroying their radio flyers was a bit much, but yeah. <laughs> um, we haven't gotten to my favorite character in the movie, and honestly, I think would have helped this movie a lot if she were actually the main character, Saunders. Absolutely. Yeah. Clarissa Saunders. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's a very well established character because, in as a complete foil to Jefferson Smith, she is very cynical, <laughs> very jaded. She has yes, very jaded. Has no hopes of you know seeing like legislation legislation through. Mm-hmm. And she like keeps promising she's gonna quit. This is it for her. Yeah, like you literally mm-hmm. have like Jefferson Smith coming into town saying like all the like bright eyed. He's like I'm gonna solve all these problems, and she's just like I'm quitting tomorrow. I swear to God, this is it. <laughs> Yeah, and yet, um, kind of, I think that's more of an interesting audience surrogate. Like, again, that's the character I identify with. Maybe it's just because I'm a cynical, black-hearted person at heart, like she is. But exactly. <laughs> but I think it would have been more interesting if the movie took place from her perspective, because Jefferson Smith is such a blank slate. I don't think he kind of works as an audience surrogate. I wish they kind of leaned in more on kind of his ineptitude and his kind of blankness and have her have all the agency. It's all her actions that drive the plot forward. Yeah, well, she's the one that goes through this arc, like, you know, sees hopefulness in Jefferson Smith. I mean, Jefferson Smith, his ideals and everything stays the same. Mm-hmm. That's true, yeah. Again, like, neither of us found Jimmy Stewart particularly likable, which is I'm going to put a default <laughs> in the movie. Like, how the heck can a movie do that? But <laughs> somehow this movie manages. But yeah, you identify with uh, Gene Arthur's character immediately and kind of, like, yeah, I'd much rather follow her. Unfortunately, she is a supporting character and... Mm-hmm. We only have a few scenes where she's the sole focus. Um, mm-hmm. Those, are, while we're talking about things I like, those are the only scenes where we do confront Jefferson Smith with the reality of the the process. When Jefferson Smith learns of his senior senator's corruption, the senior senator is a uh, Senator Payne, mm-hmm. 
there's a, there's a great scene just between the two of them in this office, and he's like, "Well, yeah, I got to make some, I got to make concessions and compromises to help the. I still want to help the people of the state. Exactly. It's not right, <laughs> but, but I mean, look at how much yeah. we get done because of it. Exactly. And you know, again, I thought the movie would take a turn into a more complex direction. But no, instead, you know, if we see, again, he makes this heel turn, Jefferson, or, uh, Senator Payne just becomes as, uh, as intractable, as corrupt as, you know, Mr. Smith perceives him. Mm-hmm. And then he winds up uh, almost shooting himself on the Senate floor. <laughs> no, 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 in the hallway just outside the Senate floor. Uh, yeah, you're right, sorry, yes. Because <laughs> we hear again, the this... lamp get shot. <laughs> yes, again, this marvelous institution. <laughs> I wish to ask my distinguished colleague, has he one scrap of evidence to add now to the defense he did not give and could not give at that same hearing? I have no defense against forged papers. Committee ruled otherwise. The gentleman stands guilty, as charged. And I believe I speak for every member when I say that no one cares to hear what a man of his condemned character has to say about any section of any legislation before this House. Mr. President, I stand guilty as framed because Section 40 is graft. And I was ready to say so. I was ready to tell you that a certain man in my state, a Mr. James Taylor, wanted to put through this dam for his own profit. A man who controls a political machine and controls everything else worth controlling in my state. Yes, and a man even powerful enough to control congressmen. And I saw three of them in his room the day I went up to see him. Senator, you... No, sir, I will not yield. The other uh, weird character who kind of gets a little too much to do and a little too much attention is the president of the Senate? A little too much attention. I think you're right. I mean, because I don't know why. He's the arbiter of everything that's kind of going on about this filibuster and everything. And he's clearly on Jefferson Smith's side. Why? Yes. I don't know. <laughs> uh, maybe he's uh, he's enraptured by his naivete as well. I you guess, know. maybe. As, Fra- as Frank Capra hoped the uh, the audience would be. I think he's mostly there just so we get reaction shots. Yeah, I mean that's that's his sole purpose. He never leaves his seat. I mean, <laughs> we never see him anywhere outside of you know his his little box in, on the floor of the Senate. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know why. I mean, yeah, he's just basically a plot catalyst, and again, just speaks to kind of the mis mis potential of this movie. Like a challenge Jefferson Smith's ideals a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe give a more accurate and honest assessment <laughs> of how government works. <laughs> yeah, maybe if the political machine wasn't so diabolically evil. But also like again, give him a motivation. Because he's also the final shot of the movie as well. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like the ending because I think it just kinda ends too abruptly and then I read that they apparently did have more scenes kinda tacked on at the end, but they decided to cut those out. To instead to have the most dramatic ending, but I would have liked to see, you know, I would have liked to see it too. I, I would have liked to see uh, Mr. Smith actually conscious by the end of the movie. That would have been nice. nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because it, it, again, speaking of jarring tones and terrible pacing, because he he ends his filibuster, he gets like carried out mm-hmm. or something like that. That's when uh, Senator Payne has this dramatic confession and attempts suicide <laughs> out in the hallway, <laughs> and then. All, immediately all the boy like um when he's absolved all the boy like 30 seconds later actually less than that five seconds later all the boys in the gallery cheer as does uh as does saunders and then they carry and then him we off. just cut back to the yeah and then carry we just him off like jesus the, you know like oh he yeah. died for your sins i know for talking for 23 hours whoopee <laughs> and instead in our final shot we just cut to the uh senate president he uh he puts his cheek in his hand and just smiles and just like, what, are you gonna, what a world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a fine mess we found ourselves in. Yeah. I think that's my, he's too smug. He's too, like, coquettish, like, just kind of like, yeah. 
oh boy, another day at the office. <laughs> Is that, like maybe they, we could have given him a motivation. Like why does he permit you know Jefferson Smith to speak when exactly his his fellow senators? Yeah, that's the thing. Yes. He's on Mr. Smith's side, but we're given no reason for that. And he has no reason for that because again, if he's like every other senator, he has no reason to not suspect that he's being corrupt. Yeah, I or again, like before he's even sworn in, another senator objects, like this guy's this guy's clearly an idiot, <laughs> <laughs> the first idiot senator we've ever had, <laughs> the first person ever unqualified to be senator. <laughs> Thank God this will never happen again. <laughs> I won't stand for it. <laughs> So it's clear it's clear what his colleagues think of him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't know. I it is just the it's it's so naive. It's so um I, I it, honestly I I hate to use that term dated. Mm-hmm. But really this I'm glad nobody's brought this movie up in the in the midst of our current uh shutdown crisis. <laughs> To say how government, guess what? Because guess what? We've learned over the last 80 years, this is not how government works. Well, no. And the funny thing is, like, every time there's a threat of a filibuster, there's always talk of, why do we even have this? Why is this allowed? And here in this movie, like, because again, filibusters, most of the time, are considered a massive waste. And yet here, it's like the big heroic moment. It's treated as the uh, big grandstanding gesture of a heroic character. It's it's yeah, just so, kind of an odd like again this movie is just kind of like so blank and empty you can kind of it's like a one of those magic eye pictures you kind of see what you want yeah and so I'm sure again a bunch of geriatrics in the American Film Institute <laughs> they don't make them like this see anymore this as, yeah see this as a as a classic example of democracy at work when you know, eighty years later uh, with Donald Trump as president we know that this is not the case <laughs> we now know better. Yes. Don't let the Midwest decide anything. No. (laughs) Don't let them send senators anymore or representatives. No. I guess this is just another lost cause, Mr. Payne. All you people don't know about lost causes. Mr. Payne does. He said once they were the only causes worth fighting for. And he fought for them once, for the only reason any man ever fights for them. Because of just one plain, simple rule. Love thy neighbor. And in this world today, full of hatred, a man who knows that one rule has a great trust. You know that rule, Mr. Payne. And I loved you for it just as my father did. And you know that you fight for the lost causes harder than for any others. Yes, you even die for them. Like a man we both knew, Mr. Payne. You think I'm licked. You all think I'm licked. Well, I'm not licked. And I'm going to stay right here and fight for this lost cause. Even if this room gets filled with lies like these. And the tailors and all their armies come marching into this place. Somebody will listen to me. Actually, you know, that's one thing we should take from this. We should just have our senators appointed. <laughs> that's yes, that's true. <laughs> Again, let's let's get the let's get this massive beast of an electorate out of out of the process. I mean, what do they know? <laughs> I've said it once and I'll say it again. Democracy simply doesn't work. So that's one thing to take away from this movie. <laughs> Don't democratically elect your leaders. <laughs> You're welcome.
Mm-hmm. Uh, something a cliche I've hear. I've uh, this may surprise you to learn, John. I listen to other podcasts besides this one. How there dare are other good how podcasts. How dare I know. you? How da- this is the only podcast. How dare you? This should be the only podcast people listen to. Okay, but one cliche I'm noticing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you notice this too. It's the switch gear sigh. I'm going to call it. Ah, uh, yes, that's true. Yes, whenever you know the, uh, the, our hosts naturally reach the end of the topic, they go, Ugh. Mm-hmm. particularly towards the end. I mean, yeah, when you've been talking for an hour, I mean, it can happen. But it's it's not like we're working the floor of a factory. <laughs> Just a so long day. Like, oh, the what a day! I yeah. know. <laughs> Ugh. This movie really took me out of it. I know. <laughs> Good work today. I'm feeling peckish. What time's lunch? <laughs> well, why don't we enter into the happy hour of the Aspiring Snobs podcast, which oh, yeah. is a little segment we like to call Spotlight. 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 It's time, Robbie. It's time. Uh, John, what a day. Exactly. Ooh, let's just uh, why don't you... settle down with a fine pint. Why don't you regale me with your spotlight while, I'll, while I suck down this... Uh... <laughs> This uh, this fine American beer, mm. <laughs> Paps Blue Ribbon A. <laughs> this show is not sponsored by Paps Blue Ribbon. Um, I went to the theater recently and I watched The Greatest Showman. Oh, okay. And uh, it has an actress in it called Zendaya, and she's very good in it. She was one of the only good things about that movie. So no. in that light, I will recommend another movie she was in that she was much better in, which is Spider-Man: Homecoming. <laughs> okay. Thanks. John, tell us more about Spider-Man Homecoming and not The Greatest Showman. Okay, so you you might not be familiar, but Spider-Man, for mm-hmm. those not in the know, he's a superhero. He was apparently bitten by some kind of radioactive spider, which thankfully this movie okay. does not go into because you've probably heard that story to death. Okay, well, immediately I unsubscribe because that's the only thing. I go to Batman movies to see his parents killed over and over and over again. And I want to go to see this guy's origin story, whoever he is. What, what's his name? Spider-Man? Sp- Sp- it's Spider-Man. Spider. 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 He's a spider, spider, but he's also a man. Okay. Yes. Spider. Okay. So he has eight legs and everything? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, I've never heard of this guy. He has okay. eight eyes and eight, eight legs. Okay, cool. Yeah, and he's nice. played by Tom Holland with okay. some great uh, Never, I've never heard of him either, so... Uh, yes, Spider-Man Homecoming. Finally got a chance mm-hmm. to see it. Um, it's probably the second best Spider-Man movie I've probably seen after Spider-Man 2. I can definitely recommend it above The Greatest Showman. Let's call it that. Um, <laughs> John, compare and contrast these two films. <laughs> Here's what I will say, um, which is, I think, lacking a bit from Spider-Man Homecoming. At least The Greatest Showman attempts to have some personality. And a little, uh, and a little. <laughs> Thank you, Willow. <laughs> and a little visual panache. Leave that in. Leave that in. Okay. I demand you. I demand you leave Willow's uh, intrusion in. Okay. <laughs> My cat has decided to join me. Um, yeah. Like, uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming. Yeah, you, you kind of want to admire it because it's so low stakes, and it kind of stands on its own as kind of like a small little side adventure. Well, we should explain it is part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, unlike the other Spider-Mans, which... Yeah, but the stakes are so Spider-Man kind of films, relatively yeah. low, because, again, it follows Peter mm-hmm. Parker, you know, nonchalant, average high school student. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, he's trying to moonlight as a superhero and, you know, failing quite miserably, but... Which is which is <laughs> fun. failing miserably. <laughs> he's doing fine. I think he's doing all right. Come but, on. But, oh, come on. I, again, of... I'll get to my... Oh, sorry, I gave the game away. I've, I've seen this movie, too. I'll, I'll say my piece later, but go ahead. <laughs> Come on, it's fun when he uh, stops a bicycle thief, but then he doesn't know where to return the bicycle to. 
It's got fun little scenes uh, like that. Yeah, I, yeah, but it doesn't qualify as a miserable failure, does it? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> a good superhero would know where to return it to the police. Yes. Yeah, it's it's kind of low stake. It kind of reminded me of Ant Man, but it's better made than Ant Man. I thought Ant Man was kind of like cut to ribbons and trying too hard to kind of condense itself into a ninety minute movie, and felt too kind of light and airy. This movie at least has a little more kind of personal stakes for Peter Parker that I felt a little bit more towards. Instead of you know, uh, well, yeah, I think I I would lay that at the feet of like just having a a lovable protagonist who can carry uh, what is this the seventh Spider-Man film or something like that. I mean, people obviously respond to Peter Parker, a kid trying to balance you know being a superheroic a superhero mm-hmm. and a high schooler, and that and that the film does manage that well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like the fact that it gives uh, Tony Stark as kind of an absentee father figure that he's trying to impress, and clearly nothing he does is going to impress him. And you get a yeah. nice little, you, you get a little nice little twist because again, you think Peter, like Peter Parker, is kind of fed up with trying to impress him, and that's when Tony Stark kind of finally appears and takes his suit away. Yeah, I thought that was a nice little twist. I thought uh, it's it's a welcome addition to the greater Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay, you're you're right. Okay, yeah. Again, to give the game away, I I also saw this movie recently, mm. and <laughs> to make this more about me. <laughs> Because that's what Greg loves to do in my spotlight segment. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Make this about me. This is the only Spider-Man movie that I've actually enjoyed. (laughs) Surprisingly enough, I did not like any of the Sam Raimi ones. I mean, Spider-Man 2 was okay, but like average. Mm -hmm. Um, The other two um, Spider-Man movies with uh, Andrew Garfield in the leading role are dreadful. Uh, but yeah, this one, uh, a hearty thumbs up in, in terms of its likability. Mm-hmm. Again, like a good place. You're right. I, I love the beginning. There's a little scene at the very beginning. Not the very beginning, but mm-hmm. uh, we see after school, Peter puts his suit on and he wants to, you know, go do good deeds around the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And I love that everybody's like so blasé about it. <laughs> because in this universe, they've literally seen their whole city attacked by aliens. <laughs> And saved by six superheroes. The the, the scene, the the notion of a, a a kid essentially, you know, running around in a red suit, <laughs> doesn't shock them. <laughs> so I do like that it's coming from that place. I will say this: I've I've actually saying this about every Marvel movie I've seen this year. I don't like how in this movie the stakes are too low and how kind of invulnerable the character is. Because mm-hmm. you said he he fails miserably. The story does play out in that he has high school obligations, but he cannot make them because he is. Um, trying to do super heroics Mm -hmm. and the problem is those (laughs) is that his uh friends on the uh i guess science club or whatever clubs he's in mathletics i think yeah i think it's like a academic decathlon or something like that yeah they they forgive him instantly (laughs) that is true (laughs) like i think he abandons the team like five times in this movie and they're and either way they're just like eh, whatever (laughs) also no one puts two and two together the fact that spider-man appears in queen's when Peter Parker's yeah. in Queens, and then suddenly appears in Washington, D.C., the same weekend that Peter Parker's in D.C. <laughs> Again, we'll gloss over that. Okay. <laughs> but also, I gotta say, probably the most effective scene is um, not only when he confronts a villain, which is a good scene, a good, like, actual dialogue driven scene mm-hmm. uh, which not again not every marvel movie has but you know yeah. it's good but the other one i really responded to was when he confronts the super villain mm-hmm. he's about to hatch his, his serious plan and a whole actually building collapses on him mm-hmm. and then you and it's that, the first that scene where he lifts up the building that has collapsed on him which is actually taken directly from the comics okay yeah but it's the first time i've actually seen i think in a marvel movie all year like a character be vulnerable mm-hmm. 
or actually kind of fail because <laughs> immediately following that, um, the the villains scheme involves stealing a plane the plane crashes and peter is fine <laughs> that is true <laughs> so again like i can't get into it i think the same thing happens in the guardians of the galaxy 2 this year <laughs> oh yeah well i mean the, that year, happens uh, in both guardians of the galaxy movies is <laughs> that like that's true yeah. they crash well, these... it, it, a character sacrifices themselves in the first one and there's emotional resonance there whereas this one again like the character gets up immediately and says that's awesome because <laughs> it'll look good in the trailer i, I suppose <laughs> but you know, I I do like that. You're right. The the low stakes is good. I just wish we could see you know them have a little bit more of an impact. Mm-hmm. And again, because you know stakes are kind of what you make of them. They don't have to be life and death all the time. But again, they have to mean something. I guess that's true. <laughs> so I wanted I wanted his abandonment of his high school friends to mean something. I wanted that he got suspended from school, mm-hmm. and I wanted that to mean something. Yeah. And, and it does it doesn't enough. But still, I mean, it's 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 funny. It's fleet of foot. You know, mm-hmm. it's fun. It's other f words. Not f. Not really. But... <laughs> Well, and getting back to my original point, Zendaya is very good in it, and she's very good in The mm-hmm. Greatest Showman, and I look forward to seeing all the other work she's done. She's apparently some kind of Disney pop star. Kind <laughs> John, of are you sure about that? Thing. What? No, yeah, are you sure about? Th- I think she's great. Do you want to see that Disney? Sh- do you want to see that Disney Channel show? No, I don't want to see that. What I'm seeing is <laughs> I can't wait to see what she produces in the future beyond okay. what she's currently doing with Disney Channel. You got it. Yeah. Got it. Okay. <laughs> Just making sure. Just want to yeah. clarify. No. What am I, a pedophile? I'm not going to watch the Disney Channel. I did. gross. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought, like, you're you're a glutton for punishment. Whatever. Those laugh tracks are like needles in the air. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that low. <laughs> not that low register, I'm sure. I hope. <laughs> yeah. But, Greg, enough about me. What do you have for Spotlight? Again, back to me. Yes. Most important. <laughs> the important host. Yeah. You're the one everyone's here to see, Greg. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I've already missed... Uh, these go out on a on a Thursday morning, so I've already missed the premiere date. The uh, se- season premiere of its very last season is uh, one of my all-time favorite sketch shows, and that's Portlandia. Oh. I mean, yeah. well... It's it's, it's I, it, well. I was about to say I'm not lamenting it, no, it going away. No, that's kind of the weird it, thing. It kind of has run its course. I almost want to call it bittersweet, but every single article or anything I've read about this being the final season, everyone kind of has welcomed it. I did, well, yeah, uh, I raised my hand up too. I I do <laughs> because I think it should have ended maybe two seasons ago. Because mm-hmm. again, the, the first five seasons or whatever, it's done an A plus job of kind of skewering you know urban liberal minded life. Mm-hmm. You know, the last two seasons, it, it hasn't done as good a job of that. You can also see, like, the direction is flatter. Mm-hmm. Like, stuff like the dire- the production value and stuff is diminished. And it's just, like, you know, to keep it up after seven years, I can, I can understand it's hard. Well, also, it's just lack of imagination. They just kind of keep going back to the same characters over and over again. Where those first three, it felt like they kind of had a bevy of ideas. And now it's, you know, all right, it's the feminist bookstore again. It's... <laughs> Uh, 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 God, I can't even think of it. Well, yeah, like kind of the the jumping into their past is kind of the the jumping the shark. But again, I don't want to be negative. I adore the show. <laughs> no, it's a very funny show. Yeah, so let's let's get back to the positive. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, like new characters from recent seasons. I love the eco terrorists. Um, <laughs> these kind of hapless uh, hapless environmental protesters <laughs> mm-hmm. who can't get anybody's attention or or get easily distracted by, let's say, a, a trip to San Diego. <laughs> Lovely San Diego. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say those are their, their kind of the best sketches as of late. Mm-hmm. But of course, I mean, it, it kind of announces it, 
its intentions, at least for us, <laughs> it's in its very first sketch. And if you can YouTube this immediately, we've we've referred to it I don't know how many times, but <laughs> it's the dream of the nineties. <laughs> The dream of the 90s is alive in Portland. All the hot girls wear glasses. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, as a as a as a child of the 90s myself, <laughs> we should really have a sound for that too. I don't know if it has to be you know third eye blinds doot 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 or you know <laughs> how bizarre or I don't know in my father's eyes. Who knows? <laughs> you know any Who's number of 90s hits. High. That's my yes, go-to. That that's my go-to 90s needle drop. <laughs> Yeah, the the song itself speaks to you know. Imagine imagine Gore one in two thousand. You know, mm. <laughs> I remember a time when kids were you know kind of disaffected and just content to work at a coffee shop. You know, <laughs> you didn't have to work full time to afford rent. <laughs> yeah, no, you didn't have to work eight different jobs that you hate. <laughs> yeah, as as some people have mentioned, like, yeah, it has kind of run its course. But mm-hmm. you know, if you can revisit those uh those first four seasons or so again it's some of the best sketch comedy i've ever seen so yeah and it put ifc on the map i mean would Uh, ifc still be a channel if it weren't for that show well john i mean i've already recommended documentary now i think that that helps keep the lights on too Mm, actually no it doesn't it doesn't but i like to think it does documentary now it's a very specific very specific (laughs) set of humor very specific yeah (laughs) for nerds like greg i like to i like to think uh, yeah i like to think it's the hottest thing (laughs) on television right now greg lives under the delusion that what he likes must be the funniest thing ever everyone must enjoy this (laughs) absolutely i can't can't believe i love this show why is it off the air now (laughs) (laughs) something must be wrong john i don't know any trump voters how could he have been elected Greg, when is Portlandia going to go after Trump? When are they going to secure? Because <laughs> he has just been riding high for way too long. Hey, absolutely. I'm. You know I what mean, I'm going to do? Somebody, when is gonna, somebody going to take this guy down a peg? <laughs> I am going to log in to my social media, and I am going to and, and send an angry missive. Dear, whoa, 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 whoa. at the real Donald, I have many things to say. By the way, I'm tweeting from our personal Twitter page, at aspiring snobs, which no, you can no, follow no, John, right now, John. That's that's bold and courageous. I mean, mm-hmm. don't don't do that. I mean, people are going to say uh, aspiring at aspiring snobs. Welcome to the resistance. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag resistance. So hashtag, hashtag march. <laughs> yeah, question mark. I, I, why not? I'll, I'll be part of that movement if it gets us listeners. A- absolutely. Yes. <laughs> so um, again, we're at aspiring snobs. We're on Facebook as well. Mm-hmm. You can find us on the Aspiring Snobs Facebook page. And mm-hmm. if you're feeling extra judicious, why don't you send us an email at aspiringsnobs at gmail.com. We're taking recommendations, yes. and we'd love to hear your comments. And if all those comments can be welcome to the resistance, oh, more the better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, I think we'd rather hear recommendations. I'm not sure. Do you want to hear more um, more stuff that's in time? That's in line with the times or would you uh would you like us to explore more escapist fair of course how about that yeah let, uh, we'll, we'll, let's set up a poll Ooh, yeah we can do that on poll yeah mm-hmm. this so we can fun. see here all we can hear from all five of our listeners <laughs> oh shut up <laughs> <laughs> that'll keep the illusion alive greg okay, <laughs> millions right, of right, listeners right. okay biggest crowds millions you've ever seen listeners. Bill- biggest yeah. crowds did you see that electoral map those are all our listeners mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they're all the purple ones right? <laughs> or the green ones right <laughs> yes Everything that's green on the map, that's a listener. And if you're feeling extra frisky, (laughs) if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and hit that that subscribe button. Mm -hmm. 
if you haven't already. And why don't you go down to like that write a review button? Yeah, and give us that five stars. Those sweet. Give us a sultry five stars. Oh, those sweet, sweet five stars. Mm. Yeah. And then if you, or if you're listening on Stitcher, mm-hmm. you, you, you minx, you, <laughs> <laughs> you dog, you dirty dog. <laughs> Why don't you uh, give us a five-star rating there, too? Oh. More people will find us. Again, we don't have to resort to, you know, uh, p- <laughs> uh, political uh, grab- <laughs> political gra- glad-handing. But, we don't have to resort to graft. But if it works, it works, okay? And think of all the good we're doing because of it. John, what are we watching next week? Well, Greg, we've, we've seen enough negative portrayals this month. It's just too, too hard. Let's, let's watch Absolutely. some good, fun escapist fare. So next week, let's mm. watch Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> Yes, uh, a movie we will watch once and then never again. <laughs> that would have been a good pairing with Mother when Mother came out, but sadly uh, we didn't I, think of sure, that. Yeah. yeah, too much going on. Well, we, yeah, we've we'll, we'll got pairings on the schedule later. I mean, mm-hmm. we'll if if you're interested, tune in uh, over the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. We've got so, we got some more interesting stuff on the slate. Again, no more no more tales of political corruption <laughs> <laughs> that we know of for now. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. Unless you want this political podcast, then we'll do all political movies. All the political movies. Yeah, yes, Dr. Strangelove, yeah, uh, Good Night and Good Luck, uh, uh, Quiz Show. That's kind of political, right? Come on. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, Dave with Kevin <laughs> Klein. That's really that's really political. Um, first Kid. We mentioned First Kid. We haven't seen that in <laughs> nearly two decades. <laughs> I've never seen it, period. When did you see First Kid? <laughs> what? Are you kidding me? You mean you didn't... Mom didn't get it for you on movies on, from movies on video when you were sick and home from school. No, she rented the uh, Transformers for the ninth time. Okay, yeah. No, I, I distinctly remember uh, First Kid. Um, not only because it has Sinbad, it has uh, a kid actor who nobody's ever heard of ever again. <laughs> but it also has Timothy Busfield as a villain. And at the end, there's a slow motion, heavily dramatic chase where he jumps out of a fountain, points a gun at the first kid, and then gets shot by Sinbad. It's pretty. It's a pretty dramatic moment. <laughs> wow, I did not realize yeah. you just painted a picture with words. Oh, it, my it, oh, it gets real very fast. <laughs> that movie. Wow, I did not realize. <laughs> oh yeah, we need to watch First Kid for this podcast. <laughs> Screw it. Yes, we do. First Kid is next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just for that moment alone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right then. Well, yes. tune in next week and be pleasantly surprised what we end up watching. <laughs> yes. <laughs> until then, thank you everybody for listening. And until next time, keep aspiring. Uh,